Well, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are here. What a great holiday. I mean, just think about this. Every one of us are here because God gave us a mom. I mean, so if to me, this holiday is a no-brainer. We ought to celebrate our moms and all that they do and, and the things that, you know, that they've done for us. And so we're excited about that today. If you, if you haven't noticed already, we've kind of made this Ladies' Day. Normally we don't um, have the uh, announcements done by, by Jenny and, and those things. But we said, you know what, since it's Mother's Day, let's let, get some moms up front. Let's let them pour into what's going on. So here in just a little bit, my wife Kim's going to be bringing the message today because you know what? I'm not a mom. There's things that she can speak to that I can't speak to because I've never been there or never done that. Yeah, I have to watch her on the other side of it. I know what it looks like when it's done well because I've seen that, but that's not my place. We did this last year for the first time and we asked Kim to speak because there's just something about being a a mom and being a Christian mom with a few years underneath her belt and and um, <laughs> it went over so well and she did such a good job that obviously as we approached again we said you know what we're going to do that again because there are things that she can share that just will hit right where you're at and I really believe that you're going to be blessed whether you're whether you're a mom or you're someday will be a mom or if you know a mom <laughs> I mean. This is just going to be a message from the Lord. I really believe that God has given her a message. And I just want to publicly state I appreciate this woman. I appreciate not only has she been a great wife and will continue to be a great wife, but she's been a great mom to our sons. Um, To see them grow and to see them even minister like they did this morning is just a blessing. And so let's let's give my wife a hand as she comes to minister this (laughs) morning. Thank you. Awesome. Well, welcome everybody. I'm so glad that you are in the house today. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'm sure everybody has already heard it, but I will say it again. Happy Mother's Day to all you mamas out there. Um, all right. Just want to, don't want to get ahead of myself. All right. So uh, I'm going to actually be preaching a sermon called Dream Small, and I'm sure you're like, hmm, that doesn't make a lot of sense because everybody's like, dream big. Go for the everything, and I promise it'll make sense momentarily. But what I'll be doing is I'm going to preach, basically, from a song. And you're like, oh, that's also sort of weird, but it's okay, too, because I know God gave it to me. I was actually cleaning my house, and we were prepping to uh, put our house on the market, and so we're cleaning like crazy people. And this, I had uh, Spotify on, and this song, Dream Small, came on. And, man, God poured words into me faster than I was like, please hold. And I ran to my journal and started writing stuff down crazy fast. And I'm like, too many words. But it finally got all put together, and I'm super excited to share it with you guys today. All right, so dream small. I'm going to read the lyrics of the song. Dream small. Don't buy the lie. You've got to do it all. Just let Jesus use you where you are, one day at a time. Live well, loving God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help with his great love. A tiny rock can make a giant fall. Dream small. Keep loving, keep serving, keep listening, keep learning. Keep praying, keep hoping, keep seeking, keep searching. 
out of these small things and watch them grow bigger. The God who does all things makes oceans from rivers. Yeah, five loaves and two fishes could feed them all. So dream small. All right. Don't buy the lie. You've got to do it all. Just take the pressure off. That is not what God expects from you. It is not at all. Doing my part is enough. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So that means each, each of us has a part to do. And so if we're each doing our part, all the things will be accomplished. The reason I know this is because Jesus is the one who showed us how to do this. Because he didn't tell the entire world himself, did he? No. Jesus demonstrated a simple pattern that would ultimately change the entire world. And what he did was he showed us how to uh, have circles of people around us. Now, this is not the people that you meet daily that are strangers. These are the, the 12 or whoever, however many, closest people in your life. These are the people that he pulled around himself, his disciples, the original 12. And he poured into them, and they were with him daily. They ate with him daily. They studied daily. They were like family. And so what I'm saying is that's the pattern he set forth, so it must have a pretty good, you know, pretty good reason he did that. So then you also need to have your inner circle just like Jesus did, all right? And so those are the people that he poured more into and was closer with, and each of us needs some of those people too. That's a much smaller number, three, two, whatever. But he prepared them to share, and he knew that it would reach the entire world one day. So in Mark sixteen fifteen and 16, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So just let Jesus use you where you are because he led that way. He did. Uh, there are so many times in Scripture where he was heading a specific direction, but if someone came and interrupted, what did he do? He stopped right there, and he did that thing. And that's how we need, to, we need to live our life like that. We need to live our life in a prepared state so that those things can happen to us. But how does that happen? Time with him has to be a priority. It has to be. And just like with the 12 that he spent time with on daily, uh, daily he spent time with daily, the relationship with Christ takes that with us. You have to have time with Jesus daily. It is something that you work at, just like with any relationship that you have. Um, if, if you're having a one-way conversation, we don't call that relationship. <laughs> That's not what that is. So uh, if you have a relationship with anybody in your life, which I'm pretty sure every one of us have, somebody, if all that person ever did was want, need, and take, we'd feel pretty used. Well, if we live our life like that in front of Jesus, I don't think you're going to live an overcoming life by any means. I think that you need to have a two-way conversation with him, and he will gladly speak back to you. But I don't have a slide for this one, but James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you because it's work. That was two actions. Draw near to God 
and he will draw near to you. So it takes two to have any kind of deep and meaningful relationship, and it takes work. And as a Christ follower, you should be challenged daily to look more like him daily. So First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. So let's say David's out in the uh, foyer there, and uh, he's talking to somebody, and I hear his voice. I'm going to recognize that voice because I spend time with him daily. So this same thing completely applies to our Lord and Savior. And the more we do that, the easier it is to hear, the easier it is to discern what those words are he is saying. So, you know how uh, spending time with Jesus is so, so important. Pardon me, so, so important. Um, Knowing that work is always going to be there, something is always going to need to be done, we need to realize that the prioritizing of our day will determine how your day goes because work is always going to be there. Mary and Martha, I was actually going to preach on this. This was my initial sermon is that we were all Mary or Martha and or both. And it's so funny that, you know, God shifted it around, but he's like, but I still want you to use that here. I'm like, okay, Lord. So I'm going to tell you a story. So Mary and Martha are at their home, and then along comes Jesus, knock, 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 and Martha invites him in, and so he sits down, and there were probably more with him. I honestly did not pull that part out. And, and so he's there, and he's talking to people, and, and Sister Mary is sitting at his feet just going, Martha's on the other side of the house. There's flour flying everywhere. <laughs> a chicken begging for its life. <laughs> Don't get me. And there's, there's pots boiling, all these things going on. And she's like, what? So she runs over there and is like tattling. Jesus, you see her sitting at your feet. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm trying to prepare all this food for you. I'm trying to be a good hostess. And she's sitting at your feet. Making me do all the work. But this is what he says to her. He says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and I will not take it from her. So if you see what I'm saying, dinner was still going to be served, wasn't it? How often are you going to have Jesus in your room? So being sure that that time happens daily for you is far more valuable than being sure you're a good host or hostess. Spending time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, spending time with the Godhead is going to prep your day for anything that comes at you, for everything that comes at you. You will be prepared if you started there. So how can we do that? Find little ways that you can help. Simple moments can change the world. Anybody here ever experienced an uh, act of random kindness in ARC? Anybody? (laughs) Me too. Felt pretty good, didn't it? Okay, so has anybody ever done that? So much fun. It's easy as well. It could be a cup of coffee for somebody you don't even know. 
It could be, hey, I'm buying my coffee, and uh, can you pay for the person behind me? Why? Just because. Happy Art Day, whatever they call it. <laughs> so somebody's going to get blessed, and it's going to be amazing, and they're going to go, why did they do that? Simple things can change the world, can help somebody's day become brighter. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. It says, through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And if he is telling you to do something, don't argue with him. Just obey. It doesn't matter how weird it is. I mean, who knows? You may be at the pet store and God tells you to buy a bag of dog food for somebody. It doesn't matter how weird it is. Here's what the thing is. You don't know who's been praying (laughs) to know that God's real. You don't know. Somebody's been begging and pleading for some kind of an answer. And you could be that. Just by that silly thing that, Lord, you really want me to buy a bag of dog food? Yes. Stop arguing. He'll honor it. You need to listen and obey Because you could be that answer to prayer. So, how can God use that? In Colossians, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Man, that's so important. Because when we speak with graciousness and wisdom and let our speech taste good to somebody who's hearing it, that's attractive. That's attractive. But it's attractive in a holy kind of spiritual way where they're like, why do I like you? I literally just met you two in two points. How do I like you already? It's Jesus shining through you. And you can't quench that. You can't quench that. You've got to be the light. So there is going to be a circle of people in your life that only you can touch. And it could be your kids. You know, it could be your husband or wife. It can be your extended family, your church family. There's going to be people that you have the opportunity to talk to, to minister to, to be with. Okay. And I just want to read two uh, verses that just talk about the body. I'm sorry. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18 to 20. Just almost knocked that off my ear. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And in Romans chapter 12, 3 through 5. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For, as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I love that he hits this. I love that this is so important to him that he made sure it was in there more than once. And that's not all the scriptures on that, by the way. But we all have a job to do, every single one of us. So what's yours? I'm actually going to switch to mamas real quick. Small things grow bigger. So new mamas, mamas with young kids, 
Your mission field is your kids. What you do here and now is so important. And I'm going to read a scripture that you're going to go, uh. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I have not had that every day of my child, <laughs> my child-rearing life. I have not had that. But you need it. You do. It will help you be a better mom if you do. So new mamas go through different things. Um, at first, you, you're just happy as a little clam having this baby in your life. Oh, my goodness, look what God did. And you love the alone time. And then, hello, is anybody out there? I'm all alone in here. All I've got is these tiny people. That is all. Help me. Privacy? Ha. I just want to go to the bathroom. Little fingers under the door. Mommy. Yes, yes. Can I have a 15-minute nap? Mama, what you doing? Mama, what you doing? No, those things are gone. At least when they're little, right? At least when they're little. Every single person that you love most in this world needs you. Need something from me. I'm meeting this need. I'm meeting that need. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. And you are exhausted. And you're just like, wait a minute. Phone a friend. Can I have a date out? Because, like, I'm going to lose my mind. Help me. Help me. Do it. Call your friend. Go get some coffee. Go grab some dinner. And let me tell you what you won't be talking about. Feeding schedules. Sleep schedules. Potty training. Or poop. That is off the table. We are not talking about that. That is not what is on the table that night. We're going to talk about adult things, and we are not going to use any small words. It's going to be big people talk. It's going to be amazing. Oh, my goodness. But let me tell you, as hard as those days are, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in a way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So on those hard days, weeks, don't let anybody tell you differently. Motherhood is the toughest job you will ever love. And many times it's thankless. But there are so many times when your heart is so full of love and purpose, you feel like you just might explode. So here's my words of wisdom. The days are long, but the years are short. I mean, my son, Derek, the one that was in the middle here, he is going to be 28 in a few days. And then Daniel, my, the drummer boy, he is 22. I'm sorry. They're both drummer boys, but, you know, one and two. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I cannot believe that we're here, you know. It's just amazing. Um, so I, I just, I, I guess I want to really encourage the new mamas don't allow yourself to be so uh, separated because you need people. And you love your kids, but you need people that are not your children in your life. Do it because it doesn't make you any kind of a bad mom. That time away actually makes you a better mom. So all you mamas out there, every single one of you, you are important. You are valuable. 
You are vital. You are the very first picture of Jesus your kids are ever going to see. You get the privilege of putting down that foundation for a relationship with Jesus Christ. You wield great power in their lives. You have the opportunity to help them do great things. And, you know, being a biggest supporter like her, you know, Joe may not have done the best job of painting, but he did his best. And therefore, lifting him up during that, because, you know, I hope no mamas would do this, but you know there are some who are like, well, I'm going to have to take this off when I get home because it's all over my face. I, I can't fathom. I would have gone, wow, you are amazing. And that's what she did because you need to be your kids' supporters. You've got to, but be sure you don't do it at the expense of, of discipline or correction because we have rules we must follow according to the word of God. And if we don't follow them, have you ever had your hand by God? Have you ever been, mm, don't do that. That's not what I said. That's not in the word. Don't do that. Well, we have to do the same thing to our kids. They have to have boundaries. Um, just like pastors uh, explained before, it is for our help. It is for our benefit. It's never because I don't want you to have fun. No, that's, that's never what those boundaries are about, ever, ever. All right, I need to get a sip of water. Mm. Now I'm going to go on to the working mamas. So now you have a double mission field. You have people at your workplace, and you got your kiddos. So you have to figure out a way you can share wherever you are, wherever your job is. You need to find a way to do that. So I'm going to share a story. When I was uh, working at uh, Richardson ISD, um, I think I was there about 10 years. And when I first got there, I didn't go up to people, hi, my name's Kim Spiegel. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a Christian. So glad to meet you. No, because honestly, that would be weird. Okay. So the whole point is that you let your light shine, right? So you start uh, spending time with people. You, uh, you talk to them. You sort of, um, goodness, what was the word I was going to, you start building relationship. And so then when you do that, then it's like, oh my goodness, I never asked you, what does your husband do? And that's when that conversation comes up. And they're like, oh, wow, so that makes you a pastor's wife. So cool. And it's just different because the point is, is that you can be light without preaching at them like that. You actually need to let your light shine before they'll receive that. You have to. And I can tell you right now <laughs> that once they realized that I was a pastor's wife and a Christian, and they, they knew the things that I wouldn't do or participate with, but the moment they found out, if somebody lost their cool and said curse words, they're like, oh, Kim, I'm really sorry. You know what I mean? And it's like, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then uh, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and would say, hey, Kim, this is going on in my life. This is going on in my life. Please pray with me. I'm really, you know, concerned or I need an answer or whatever. I find that just amazing because God got to use me in a way that, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, pushy and, and, and any kind of rude or anything like that. I just, I just let my light shine, and he took care of that, listening for those opportunities. So in 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15, it says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. 
Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And I, I, I'm guaranteed I didn't do it right all the time. I can guarantee that. But knowing that this verse is, is a really, really good barometer for how you're doing. Are you rightly handling that word of truth? Are you, are you being light to the dark places that you have to go work? You know what I mean? So there's that for you. But also, you working mamas, you're home now. I have several things to say to you. You cannot let guilt hinder you in any way. Whether you wanted to go back to work or you had to go back to work, right? I don't want you to feel guilty about it because you know that it's going to be beneficial to your family. And either way, whether you're working full-time, part-time, or you're a full-time mama, you are a wonderful, wonderful mama. You are a full-fledged mama. You are not a part-time mama. But it may mean you have to find different ways where you can spend time with your kids and your husband, like a uh, date night, you know what I mean? Uh, I know that may be kind of weird, but it's, it's something that would be um, beneficial to, like, your kids and you, and then, of course, your husband and you. You, you need to be sure that that time is spent together because time is far more valuable than any gift could ever be. Any day of the week, time is always more valuable. So here's a, I'm not going to say harsh, but we'll just say a direct word of wisdom. <laughs> okay, you ready? Mamas, do not put your children before your husband. He was there first. <laughs> He will be there after they're grown. Please include him when you're raising your kids because he needs it, you need it, and your kids need it, and God mandated it. Be sure you make time for him. Be sure there's one-on-one time. Doing fun stuff together. I mean, I love going to the movies with this guy. I love going bowling with this guy. You know, I love putt-putt with this guy. We still do fun stuff. Now, you have to understand, kids younger can be sneaky, okay? And so you have to be sure you guard against them, like, pitting you against each other. Well, mom said yes, but dad said yes. You have to be careful against that because it can actually cause some strife between husband and wife. So you have to not let that happen. You've got to guard your marriage covenant. Your children are a gift from that covenant anyway, right? Because especially as Christian people, that is how we have to look at it. That is how we have to live our life. We've got to guard it, protect it, especially, especially after the kids have started coming into your world and your world is like exploded in a million directions. And it takes time. It takes effort. But the relationships that matter in your life, in your world, are worth spending that time and energy and effort. It is. And so now I want to go on to uh, every single woman in the place. Actually, guys, too, but I'm just talking to the ladies. But y'all can just. <laughs> Mentoring. Mentoring. Older women, younger women, I have done both. And it is something that is extremely valuable as a Christian person to do. So, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 
All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, when they say man in the Bible like that, it's mankind, so it includes all of us. So, we all need to make a difference in somebody's life. And I know over the years, I... I know it sounds like I have made a difference. And what I mean is I know that I've done it. And there was times in my life that I didn't realize it was mentoring. I was just, oh, my goodness, the Lord has put you on my heart. I'm spending time with you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Come to find out that's mentoring. It is. That's what it is. And you need to be willing to do if you're, if you're, I'm 50. I just turned 50 in October. So if you're my age, to me, I still want to minister to older women and younger women. But even when I was 20, even when I was 20 years old, I would still minister to older women and young, younger women. God wants us to pour out our heart. What he's poured into us, he wants to pour that back out to people. It doesn't matter the age. But let me tell you, when you mentor, some, words, when you mentor someone, it means that you matter to me. And you know how they show that? They show that because they're spending time with you. They're investing in you. They are showing you that they love you by sharing life with you. And honestly, it's, to me, it's one of the easiest things. I hope it's not difficult for anybody, you know, because you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the scriptures and all the Christianese. And when I, just, just be real, you know. Just walk your Christ walk and share. And that's mentoring 101. So live well. Loving God and others as yourself. And this particular aspect is talking about scattering seed, like Pastor had preached a few weeks back. And it's talking about uh, being sowers of the seed where you're sowing it. But what I want to really touch on is tending, being the tenders of the seed. But as, as you, as you kind of walk through your life, you kind of know who you're tending, Right? Uh, and so it's really important to be sure that you're tending the ones that God has placed, like, directly in your path. For moms, obviously, it's going to be your kids immediately. But there will be other people in your life, whether it's at work or wherever else you go. Just be sure that you're paying attention so that you can tend appropriately because you've tended. And so you are able to pour out from that straight from God's heart. Mark twelve twenty nine through 31. Jesus answered, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love your, I'm sorry, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So what does that mean? How do we do that? You share the gospel, and you start with your testimony because Nobody can argue with what happened to you because it happened to you. So start there and let your light shine. Let it shine. And then you scatter the seed of the good news. Like we referred back to uh, Mark 16, 15, and 16, where we go into all the world because Jesus showed us how, right? And one of the newest statistics is that there are over 2 billion believers on the planet now. Now, what amazes me is that that started from how many? Jesus and 12. That's amazing. It proves several things to me. 
It proves that that's a very reputable pattern that he gave us. It proves that he is the son of God or that thing would have died out thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. He is the one true God, and that's amazing. But knowing that eternity is what we're dealing with here, um, we've got to do what we can to direct people to Jesus. But do it with your words and your actions. Maybe actions first and then words. Because people watch what you do, then they listen to what you're saying. So here is my last tip. (laughs) Guard against jealousy in comparison, because it's the thief of joy. In James 4, 1 through 3, it says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So, it's easy to get to that place if you are, like, blocked off, meaning like you have sequestered yourself and it's just you and the kids 24-7, 365, okay? Oh, so-and-so's got it all together. So-and-so's got more money. Look, they've got a maid. Look, they... Mm, Lord, Lord. All I know is this. <laughs> it's true. It's easy to get there. When you have your daily time with Jesus, though, that stuff just kind of rolls off. It's like, you know, the devil whispering in your ear, oh, my goodness, can you believe how much stuff they've got? Look at all the... But if you're spending your daily time with Jesus, it's not going to stick to you. It can't stick to you because he's the one who is on the throne of your heart. So this is easy, again, if you're overwhelmed with your daily humdrum life. You've got to guard it. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your mind, and you've got to guard your time. So, I'm about to read some words from King Solomon in Ecclesiastes. And (laughs) talking about, um, you know, having everything. This guy literally had everything. Um, Pastor Nate actually, which I, I love him for this, he actually looked up because it was like, this guy had everything. He was like, so wealthy, so goodness gracious the kingdom was huge and he said that he calculated had it figured out what his his uh net worth would be today what was it again over two trillion dollars yeah wow that's kind of nuts but let me tell you something i find it difficult to read ecclesiastes hello ecclesiastes like all in a row because if he isn't in my assessment, this guy's fighting depression bad. He's like got everything. He's got wisdom. He's got money. He's got way too many wives. But he's got stuff. It's not what's making him happy. It's not what is supporting his joy. That is not it. So when I start reading Ecclesiastes, all I can hear is Eeyore. <laughs> For everything. I'm sorry. It does. I'm serious. And so I'm like, Lord, help me just get through this portion. I'll have to come back to it another day. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, it says, and I promise there's a point to that. (laughs) For everything, there is a season. That's the point. And a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. 
a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Time and seasons and purpose are all in his hands. He never, ever intended us to do life alone. So my challenge to you is that you look at your life and find those 12. doesn't have to be 12. Find those people. Who are the ones who are going to be for you? Who are the ones who believe like you believe and will be that support system? You need those people. And then find who those special two, three, maybe four, that's your inner circle. The ones that you call on when your world has blown up. But you know they're going to go, oh, I'm going to pray for you. No, you're like, I'll be right over. You've got those people. And if you don't, Lord, I'm praying. I pray that you pray. Find those people. You need those people in your life. Because they're going to be with you through the thick and through the thin, through the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, all of it. They're going to be there. And Jesus showed us how. It's got to be a good pattern. He showed us. He represented that in his ministry. And that must be how we're supposed to do it. So I challenge each of you, dream small. Make a difference exactly where you are. And if you serve Jesus, there's a reason you're there. And as a Christ follower, ask him what it is and he'll show you. But if you're at Walmart or Target or a gas station or a restaurant or a coffee shop or a sporting event or a concert, if he says to do something, trust him. Do it. Obey. It will never be for nothing. Shine bright for him as often as you can. Because you matter, you have purpose, but dream small and allow God to use you where you are. Don't forget that. And always try to be the light. Try to be the brightest light wherever you are. And realize the power that you have to impact the people that are in your life and in your world, that circle. But allow God to help you grow as you're helping others to grow. And here's why. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father who's in heaven. (sighs) 
Firstly, I'd like to ask if there's anybody in this room who doesn't know who Jesus is personally, I would love to pray with you over that. Because doing life without him, to me, is impossible. It's not something I'm ever going to venture, ever. Secondly, if this message has hit you, where you're like, okay, I think I need to change a few things. Because of the lyrics of that song that God hit me so hard that day when he poured it all out. You need to see your day-to-day differently. You need to understand that there is purpose in your day-to-day life. That it's not humdrum, it's not weary or dreary and exhausting. It has purpose. And if, I am so sorry, if you realize that it actually is easy to be the light, to be that lamp in a dark world, because you've got Jesus inside you, and he's the one just shining out. But you're like, okay, I I know this, but you want to put it into action. I'm going to pray over you for that as well. Because with Jesus leading you and guiding your life, purpose will become evident but learning to trust him in a, in a daily fashion where he speaks and you listen and obey that becomes habit it does, it becomes habit because uh, just like with this guy right here best friend you know but I didn't get that without spending time with him I didn't get that without him talking to me and me talking back. And so it's vitally important that we're doing that with Jesus daily so that we have, we have what we need to pour out. And then we recharge and then we pour out so that we're not exhausted. It's not our strength, right? It's not our strength. We need him to strengthen us, to sustain us, to give us all the things that we need to be that light. So... Just remember, you do not have to do it all. Just be Jesus where you are. Live well, loving God and others as yourself. And I promise you, we will reach the world together. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for the word you gave me. Because I know we don't feel like we're enough so many times. But I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God. That you would show them if they will spend time with you and invest with you, that you're going to invest right back. And to allow us to be the brightest light, the biggest beacon for you and for your name's sake. Help us to do this, Lord, so that you are glorified and that people will come to the saving grace knowing Jesus as their personal Savior. 
We give you all the praise and all the glory for this, Lord God. I pray that our hearts and lives are changed today in a better way. Lord, understanding, kind of simplifying, just so that we understand we don't have to make it complicated, God. Just do what you did. You demonstrated the example. Help us do what you did. And Lord, I I just pray blessing and honor and favor on the people in this room, Lord God, that you would go with them and be the light within them shining forth to the world, Lord God. And we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.